Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And guys, we have an absolutely awesome show for you guys today. Something we've been talking about for the past couple weeks. It's a close the book episode. All right. We, we did it a little bit earlier this uh, earlier a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, then the past couple weeks, Three we've weeks done ago. AFC, NFC playoff uh, talk. So now we're, we're, we're peeling back. We're, we're scooting back a little bit. We're going to talk about the teams that are not in the running this year. We have four teams up. And if you read the description, you already know what teams it are. But we're going to pretend like it's a uh, mystery. Uh, I'm going to have a good buddy of mine come in. Uh, Chris, we're going to we're going to talk. Me and Chris are going to talk uh, Lions. Mm-hmm. Right. So so he's wearing the Lions jersey. Uh, he was not here for this interview, so it's just me and him. Uh, and that that actual interview went a little long. So if you're a Lions fan or just like generally interested in like a deep dive on the Lions, uh, check it out on the YouTube channel. I'm gonna post that like in a separate video because that just went it went a lot longer than we uh, we anticipated. I told him 10 to 15 minute conversation it ended up going over 30. So <laughs> hey, it was great. Yeah. He, it was really in depth, a lot of fun. Are you excited, man? You yeah, let's go? bring it on. All right, we we gotta we gotta do a little bit of housekeeping here. First of all, you know, thank you like subscribe all that good stuff we really appreciate everything that you've heard in any other video you've watched do that for us too um but more importantly our shots you didn't see anybody do shots here and there's a reason off air off air and we also didn't come up with our shot bet on air last week so it was that combined with the fact that last night the eagles got a backdoor cover with a a meaningless Hail Mary touchdown and two-point conversion. Meaningless. In the last 11 seconds of the game. Garbage. <laughs> I've learned that if I make a bet, <laughs> I'm going to get fucked on it. A DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary over three, three dudes. Um, I think we shaved some yards on a guy one time, and he hit that just barely because I had the yards that I took away on the shave. And now this with the Eagles. My God. I turned the game off at two minutes left thinking, it's in the bag. I have actual money in this, too. I, I just felt that confident that Seattle was winning by six and a half or more. And they were. And then John calls me at the end of the game. As soon as he, as soon as he calls me, You're I You're playing with your son. He's like, motherfucker, it hit. It, that he would not be calling me to tell me congratulations. <laughs> I know that for sure. So, yeah. You guys knows. have to understand. Garbage. I thought it was over. Like it was over. Uh, it like was, okay, I have to take three shots on air. Two Whatever. Minutes left in I don't Seattle care. Had the ball need. <laughs> Two minutes left. He had the ball. It was over. It uh, was fine. Only hurts when I think about it. And and this is not the first time that Jacob has lost a shot bet on a on a hail mary. It is only the first time he's lost a shot bet on a meaningless hail, hail mary. <laughs> he also lo- lost, as he alluded to, the amazing DeAndre Hobsonkins catch. Uh, and I believe that's the last time I called you about one of our shots, or shot yep. bets. <laughs> that's how I knew. Before last night. As soon as you called me, it was amazing. Like, they came back. Absolutely amazing. But because of that, uh, Jacob wanted to do shots on his own time, uh, so we're we let him do that, so he's not he's not uh, struggling to get home tonight. And uh, my one shot because he got to do it. He got I let him choose my shot, and you gave me gold tequila that has been in my fridge for God knows how long. Because who drinks gold tequila? Not this family. I know not me. It. He let me salt the rim and uh, put lemon on the in or like lime juice in the shot to make it like a little bit uh, bearable. Always looking out for it. But I struggled with that one, guys. You guys have seen me struggle with these shots before. Really struggled with that. I'm glad I didn't have to do that one on air. Hey, let's get to the show because that's what that's what hopefully people are here to listen to. Uh, let's get to our first team that we are closing the book on. All right, it's it. It's over. This is the last time we are going to talk about them until the NFL season has finished. And uh, let's start with look. We got we got three teams that you and I are going to talk about. Let's start with Carolina Panthers. How's that sound? Yeah, uh, I think overall it's been a really promising year for them. And I'm going to yeah. say that even with them having three wins, I've seen a lot of four wins, actually. It's four wins, I've yeah. seen a, a four and eight, but it's probably not going to get any better. Mathematically, yes, there is a wet dream somehow that they're able to slip in there, but they're not running the table here. No. It's just not happening. And you honestly don't want it to. You've seen what you need to see out of Teddy. I think that he has the prowess to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. and even better than that at times, 
receiving receiving core looks great. great. CMC gets healthy. I think you need to really invest in your offensive line and let the young defense get to it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean uh, Matt Rule, you got time, and so far it's looking really good. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So this is a, this is a franchise that that's seen a, a huge upheaval, right? A couple years ago, uh, the the owner got fired for whatever happened. I don't remember exactly, uh, but David Tepper, uh, who was a partial owner for the Steelers, comes in, and, and you know David Tepper, he saw the Steelers way, right? He he saw a franchise that's only had three or four coaches in its entire career, uh, and he wanted to make a change. gave gave uh, you know a, a Riverboat Ron one year to kind of uh, do something with the last year with Cam and everything. Didn't end up working out. They move on. They hire Matt Rule. Give him a seven year contract. This is year one of a seven year contract. This is a rebuild year. We we knew that based on pretty much everything, yeah. right? I mean, they don't go out and get like an expensive free agent and at, at quarterback. They go out and get a Teddy Bridgewater, who's a good quarterback. This is not a shit on Teddy Bridgewater uh, thing at all. I'm just saying, like, he wasn't like a. a Compared to other quarterbacks, he wasn't like a high price free agent. Uh, you know, you got to think this is a guy who, you know, last last seen really uh, last before last year yeah, I mean, he breaking wasn't, his he leg. Wasn't we, we didn't know what he was going to be. Essentially, is what I'm saying. And we just still don't know what he's going to be for the future of Carolina. Will he be there for four years, or will he be replaced by a young rookie this year? I don't know. Um, but I think Matt Rule went in the right direction. Uh, famously, did not draft an offensive player in the in this past draft. Had a bunch of draft capital. They went all defense, and they they hit on a on a couple of good players. Look, yeah. Derek Brown. Uh, there's going to be a video about Derek Brown coming out on this channel a couple uh, days from now. Uh, love what he's done. Look, slow start. Yeah, it's going to happen. To these rookie defensive players that that didn't really get a I full think he's training hit game. Overall, though, I've heard people say that he's a bust. He's playing great. No, like, no, he's on, not bro. a bust. He he's playing better than Quentin Williams was in his first year. And Quentin Williams over the past couple weeks really has really come on. It, look, defensive tackle is not an easy position in the NFL. It's not easy to get used to the. NFL level guards because I mean really that's one of the I would argue one of the biggest drop offs from college to the NFL a bad college uh, lineman just can't yeah. hold a candle pro pro talent will destroy in <laughs> exactly. college against those nobodies but exactly you get the NFL everyone's as big Man. as you exactly so so he he's still been dominant a dominant run defender especially you know not getting after the pass a lot but I think in this past game he had two uh, two uh, pressures quarterback pressures hasn't gotten a sack yet but a good player but really the big hit of this this, uh, of this draft, at least as far as like a flashy pick, Jeremy is Jeremy Chen. Chen. It was Jeremy Chen who, listen, the Vikings came out and won, so I, I don't have to. I, I, this, I don't yeah, have to exactly. I don't have to step on eggshells here. But in this past week, Jeremy Chen becomes the first player ever to uh, to have a fumble recovery, two fumble recoveries for a touchdown in the same game. And I, I guarantee you, this stat will will stand the test of time. The first player, and probably the only player ever that will ever have a fumble Fumble recovery on consecutive plays. Yeah. Consecutive plays. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, first snap at a halftime, Vikings were looking to control this game and get it going. Kirk Cousins strip sack, Chin picks it up. Second one, they come out and they're like, all right, we'll run it with Dalvin. Fumble. Jeremy Chin picks it up, takes it back. Yeah. It was it, talk it, about a turning point. Man. Yeah, in two plays, he got two fumble recoveries, two touch or two touchdowns, and one forced fumble. Ridiculous. It's wild. Absolutely ridiculous. And granted, like you mentioned this, and it's absolutely true. The the first fumble recovery was just you know right place, right time kind of thing. But hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the stat sheet counts as a touchdown. Second one, he forced it. He picked it up. He ran and then it. He took so it, yeah. so all him. Um, yeah. Look, so they have some young talent. We're not going to go through their entire draft. Uh, but wh- where are you looking for the future? Do you, this to me and I'll speak for me and then I'll let you go I feel like this is a team that has untapped potential. I feel like they're going to come into this next draft. They're going to shore up the offensive line, which has some issues. They're they're probably going to attack the linebacker position, which could still use uh, some pieces. They already have the quarterback that can manage the game. Check. They already have the run game. Check. They already have the wide receivers. Check, check, check. Uh, you know, shore up the defense, get some more defensive players, get another year of, of, uh, of experience for these guys. I, I think 2021 could be a big year for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, uh, I... If I'm Matt Rule and they have some cap to flirt with, hmm. I would look for some veteran O-linemen to bring in because I think you're going to need that and you'd have some later picks on in your draft to get some young offensive linemen because you always take a few. It's just smart to do that. But looking at their top picks in the draft, 
I would go linebacker. I would look for cornerback as well. And guys that pop off to me, Micah Parsons out of Penn State is probably the not even probably he is the number one linebacker. Not in the even class. a question. Yeah. If he is there, he's he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Looking at corner, Patrick Sertan or yep. J.C. Horn, two guys. I think they the the D line looks awesome. A lot of good mm-hmm. picks invested in that. And I really think you need some secondary help right now. Jeremy Chin's looking awesome. He's a hit, but you got to get a cornerback in there. Yeah. And they, they have they have one. They they uh, got the they got one dude. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, who's been playing really well? But you're absolutely right. They need they need to add some pieces there. Look, it's not a complete team. There's a reason we're yeah. closing the book on them. A four win team, but they've been competitive at times when we didn't expect them to be. Uh, they they fought hard. And you look at the future for cap space. Look, they're not gonna blow. They're, they're not gonna have a crazy cap year in 2021. Uh, the estimated cap uh, total right now is 14 million, a little, little, yeah, a little over 14 million. Yeah. We'll see how that that you know actually sh- uh, shakes out. But for right now, they'll be able to make some moves. They they have enough money to flirt around with, um, you know. And, and I want to give a shout out to you, you know, because because we're talking about this, and I'm gonna own my mistake, man. I I I sat here before the season and said this is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson yeah. was not gonna hit. I said there's no way Robbie Anderson hits. And look, you talked about your bad beats on the shot bets. Our first our first shot bet the like we didn't even plan it on that episode our first shot bet was Robbie Anderson over under whatever the yards were it doesn't matter yeah. and he would not have hit it if it weren't for like a 55 yard touchdown a one play and it was a blown coverage on the defense you know that that was and it look at him and now. you hit it yeah but i mean look i i was kind of defending myself after week 1 but man i mean he has been an awesome awesome player i i cannot imagine the jets are happy they lost him uh, considering the jets wide receiver issues right now exactly uh, you, you look at the rest of the team, DJ Moore doesn't have to hold. DJ Moore is still the better wide receiver. He's the better athlete. He's he, you know, yeah, and but that, he doesn't have to be the only guy. And even doesn't have to be the only dude. First eight weeks really slow, but Listen, that was his usage. Yeah. Now they're really he's getting to get involved him in there. Yes. Listen, I, I've kept, you kind of were giving me shit off the air a couple mm-hmm. times. I think twice you kind of like gave me a jab out, which is totally fair. You know, we do that to each other. Yeah. We're friends. Um, but I, I was still kind of like, man, I I just don't think I'm wrong about Curtis Samuel being a good player. He's like, good, and he is good. He's, he's getting good. he's getting the usage he's getting his opportunity their wide receiver room is set one two three is awesome yes yeah it really is so so you know hopefully uh that that sticks around you know no no serious issues there and look um they also have a really good backup running back and they they have they're set up they didn't waste uh christian mccaffrey year because he's been pretty much hurt all year and look that's just less wear and tear if you ask me because let's address it from this area because this is the area that a lot of guys are going to talk about and i wonder i'm wondering what you're thinking because maybe if we feel different we can talk about a little bit more yeah what should they do about Teddy going forward should they keep him should they try to draft a quarterback this year is there a quarterback that if he falls you say I'll do it for that guy but I'm not going to do it for this guy absolutely uh, absolutely uh, look so I haven't graded the the quarterbacks I haven't yeah. gone into it so when, once we get into that stage of the offseason I'll have a better answer for you but as of right now I I feel pretty good about saying that that uh, the kid out of BYU is going to be my number two or three quarterback Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. I'm going to like him I guarantee You're you guys like right now I'm going to like and you know yeah, you know who the type of guys that I like. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's the line for me right now. I, I I think it would be unwise to say, hey, we have a game manager quarterback. We don't need a superstar. I, I, and I, I would say there's times where Teddy is more than a game manager. And that's totally there, fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. Hey, look, maybe that label is unfair. If you if you think it is, hey, tell me in the comments. That That is totally fair. And maybe he'll develop into that. I, I think really the answer is don't take one in the first round. It, to be totally honest, don't take one in the first round. You have something in Teddy Bridgewater. I would not be afraid of taking a guy that you think has high upside in the second round and, and see what you have because this is going to be a deep class. I mean, there's going to be a Mac Jones sitting around at the end of the first, beginning of the second. I guarantee there's it. Gonna, there's, there are six quarters. Quarterbacks right now that are projected first rounders. Yes, that's not always going to happen. Like they they always project too many quarterbacks in the first round at this point at this stage in the game uh, because honestly they're just overestimating the amount of need at the position yeah. and that just is what it is. Because when there's, you start when you start crunching yeah. numbers and looking at teams, I mean, there's only two, two or exactly. three that I they, can count. They desperately need yeah. one. Yeah, and really, look honestly, I don't think you can sit here and say the Jets desperately need one. They'll take one. They're going to be number one picks. They're going to take Trevor yeah. Lawrence. But I, I mean, you know, Sam they could run it with Sam Darnold again and, and try try to make it work with him if they needed to. They're not going to need to. Really, it's just the Bears. It's the only team that I look at as like, they desperately need quarterback. Yes. I mean, and they, they will go, they're going to go there no matter what. Exactly. Depending on which one they're able to get, we'll see. But yeah. I feel the same for Teddy. Um, I would keep him. I would rock it. Just because of the way that you built your team. You have good weapons at receiver mm-hmm. to help him out. You have 
the best receiving running back out there and just complete game changer. So you're able to incorporate all these different folds into your offense where it doesn't rely on a true game changer top five franchise quarterback. It, it'll be okay without that. Now, if there's a way that you're able to land someone, for me, it'd be a Justin Fields. I, I like Justin Fields a lot. A Zach Wilson is a really good quarterback in that. There's a chance you could pull the trigger on it. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, no, I, I really do. I, I agree with that. Look, I'm not, I'm not counting it out. It's not impossible. There's a chance, but, but there's so many other spots on defense that they're yeah, better off. Why not? Why not build your team? I mean, exactly. I, honestly, I like build your team. And if you feel like you need a quarterback in in year three, Teddy Bridgewater proves to not be as good as we think he's going to be in 2021 because we're not expecting the the Panthers to go win a Super Bowl in 2021. Exactly. It's not like that. Um, but you know, if you believe you you need to upgrade a running uh, quarterback. You know, if invest, Will, if invest in does it. the interview, he's the offensive genius he is. If he feels like that's his guy, then shoot your shot. Yeah. But the thing is, when you do that this Don't early miss. on in a seven, yes, do not miss. Yeah. Because I, you're gonna be you're gonna be handcuffed to him the entirety of your career in the coaching rebuild. And if it doesn't hit, there man, sucks, but that's just your job at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um are, are we good on this? Do you want to go anywhere else with this? All right, so we're gonna close it up. All right. Book is closed. Boom. It's over. We are done with the Carolina Panthers. We're not yeah. talking about them anymore, unless we have to, but we won't. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's switch gears a little bit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, we're going to uh, bring it to Chris, and we're going to talk about the Lions. We we again, as I said at the beginning of the show, we went in depth, right? We we went seriously in depth. 35 minute probably uh, interview with him. I'm going to cut it down and probably going to try and make it like a 15 minute conversation for you guys for this pod right now. If you guys are interested in the full conversation, go to YouTube, check it out. It will be up when the podcast goes up. Uh, so it'll be there for you guys. Uh, let's go there right now. Um, so we are, we're recording this before the, before the podcast. Uh, and for those of you uh, that don't know, Every single Saturday, I, I get on uh, I get on the Hammercast uh, network and I talk just the tips. Uh, we talk, you know, uh, prop bets and and we go through every single game right before Sunday. Chris is absolutely awesome. He is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. You're still a hundred percent success rate on those kicker picks, right? Absolutely, yeah. I actually a hundred and ten percent. We've added ten percent there because <laughs> that's how good. The, the kicking props of that. So uh, thank you for taking notice, John. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely undefeated. And uh, so I got you on for a little bit of a somber, somber news. I, you know, I feel bad for you. We're, we're two, we're two fans that f have felt very similarly over the, over the past 10, 15 years, I would say, right. I'm me being a Dolphins fan, you being a Lions fan. And on this podcast, we are closing the book on a lot of teams that, you know, whether it's statistically out for the season or just, they don't have a chance. We're closing the book on their season and we're moving forward. So today, in honor of your Lions, I'm talking to you about the Lions, man. How do you feel, man? Well, I I don't think it's it's somber. I mean, when you know Coach Matt Patricia was fired, uh, the general manager Bob Quinn is is has been fired, as most people know by now. And I don't think that's a somber thing because it, it just it creates this this atmosphere uh, here in Detroit. And uh, among Lions fans and one the one pride community for some sort of optimism, like maybe uh, the best is yet to come here. But in, in a way, it's the same thing over and over again. I, I I don't know if you were able to check it out, John, but I wrote an article right after the news had broke over the weekend. It's just fire, hire, and repeat here in Detroit. So every couple years, the same thing happens again. And it, being a Lions fan and any everybody in the city of Detroit. You can set your watch by. You can you absolute. There's a timeline here that just repeats itself every four years, every five years or so. And you're absolutely right. Again, it, it's a cyclical thing. And and for a lot of the bad teams in the NFL, it, it seems to be that way. You know, I, I think of the Browns. I think of uh, Cincinnati and the. I mean, the Lions. Like you're not you're not wrong by saying that. But again, uh, plug plug that article. I want people, anybody listening, to go see, go check that out if they can. Sure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's called Hire, Fire, and Repeat, uh, written by me. You can find it at DFSCheatSheet.com or right on my Twitter at DetroitBC. They fire Matt Patricia. First of all, did you like that hire to begin with? Where were you on that? And then where are you looking to the future? Who? What are some names that you want to see uh, the Lions get in there? And then also, you know, if you have a GM name, I, I don't know a lot of GM options. That's usually kind of those guys aren't, you know, as well known, but the head coaching is obviously yeah. a big thing. Uh, where are you on that? 
Well, in, in terms of the hiring of Matt Patricia, it was kind of a shocking because, uh, as most people know, Jim Caldwell uh, was our head coach for several seasons, and uh, he was on the right path. Uh, he got the Lions to the playoffs two seasons in his tenure here, uh, nine wins, ten wins along those lines here. And the, the organization, the ownership, let's say, thought that that's not good enough for us. We want to, you know, reach further and beyond, which was music to my ears. It was music to everybody in the city and Detroit Lions fans here. And then they hire the, the schlub in Matt Patricia, and he completely regressed. Uh, the, the entire organization here, I believe his record was 13-29-1 uh, in, in his several seasons here uh, as the Lions head coach. So it just leaves you scratching your head. So you have a good idea, right? You hire Jim Caldwell. Uh, by all intents and purposes, it was a great hire. Got us to the playoffs, which rarely happens here in Detroit. And then you just asked him for no, for no apparent reason for, you know, like a, the grass is always greener kind of uh ideal here and Beth Patricia did absolutely nothing so again uh the, the MO here is uh, Lions fans and the Lions organization uh we're right back where we started here with looking for another head coach and you know if you if you look at as I have right it was between like let's say we're going back a couple of years here but it was between like let's say Mike Vrabel Vrabel excuse me and uh Patricia and if you look at what Vrabel's doing he got Tennessee to an AFC championship team. He has the Tennessee Titans playing at a very high level. They are they are a playoff team uh, season after season now in Vrabel's uh, tutelage, let's say, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we could we could have had him, but we – so it, it's just always – all these blunders, always making the wrong decisions here uh, in Detroit. And in terms of, of the GM here, uh, I'm with you. I mean, I know names and guys, you know, reporters, uh, current GMs, past GMs, things of that nature, but nobody sticks out to me. And I, I, I kind of like that in a way, if that sounds uh, odd to you, because I'd like to have plucked a, like a Mike Mayock, you know, in, in Oak, or excuse me, in Vegas. Now he, he had some scouting experience and he went to the booth and him and Gruden look to have like, they have something going there. Because we've mentioned this on the podcast before, uh, Matt Miller is stepping down from uh, from BR. This is going to be his last year working with the Ble- Bleacher Report, and people have hypothesized that he is trying to uh, to get a GM job. He he's you know talked about it on his podcast before about how he you know uh-huh. that's that's his dream, and you know it would be a very similar route as the Mike Mayock, albeit a lot sooner. Uh, but if the Lions are looking to copy the Mike Mayock route. Just playing around, I saw Herman Moore, the, mm-hmm. the, the longtime uh, Lions wide receiver here, who is in the Lions uh, Ring of Fame, Hall of Fame here. Uh, he mentioned Chris Spielman, who is now an announcer. He was a stud, Pro Bowl, All Pro linebacker for the Lions. Uh, played at Ohio State here. Uh, not a lot of people were were very uh, into that idea for Chris Spielman being a GM, or even Lewis Riddick being the GM. But I'd like to think that. You know, you got to give these guys a chance to to do their thing, and and a, a guy like Chris Spielman, who is uh, who loves the Lions, who I'd like to think would do anything in his power uh, to get the Lions up and running here as the general manager. Uh, I like the idea. Is it all fun? Is it kidding around? Sure, but before you know it, let's fast forward a month from now. Who knows? It could have picked up some major steam here, right, John? So, uh, if you look at it, let's transition to head coaches here real quick, if I may. Uh, I mean, the, the first one that everybody's talking about is, I'm sure you've mentioned it too, is the Kansas City, uh, can't, excuse me, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs Eric offensive Bien-Aimé. coordinator. Uh, yeah, Eric Benemy. And if the goal within the Lions' ownership is to, is to maximize offensive talent here and try one last rebuild around Matt Stafford, then Eric Benemy would be at the top of the list. I mean, he's he's taken a Kansas City team, all, albeit with, with Andy Reid at his side. Uh, he's taken, he's transformed that Kansas City offense to, to new heights. And now look, obviously you have Patrick Mahomes, who is uh, absolutely a stud, generational talent, as they say. But uh, if you want to challenge yourself, as I'm sure a lot of these uh, offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators want to do the Detroit Lions job would be perfect for Eric B here to challenge himself. As I've said, Brian Dabble, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills has been on my radar. Uh, and 
if, if you want to look back to the 2018 draft, you know, when Josh Allen was drafted here, uh, they, they grabbed Josh Allen to work with uh, Eric, excuse me, yeah, Brian DeBole here, if I'm not mistaken. And now the Buffalo Bills are looked to be a powerhouse in the NFC or excuse me, in the AFC East for, for quite some time here. Well, you know, he's a good, he's good at timing and rhythm passing for, you know, quarterbacks here. So I think he could do wonders here with Matthew, Matthew Stafford, Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator at Tennessee is another guy you have to, you have to think about Ryan Tannehill drafted to Miami. Looks by all, by all means, looks like a bomb, looks like a bust. Uh, he's been rejuvenated in Tennessee. Is it because of Arthur Smith? Is it because of, of Mike Brabel? We don't know, but we have to consider some of these guys. And the last head coaching uh, guy I want to touch on here is, by all means, my favorite one. It's Robert Salehi, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers here. Now, in the last like week or so days since Matt Patricia has been fired, Robert Salehi has picked up major steam from even his own players. It's unprecedented that Roger, or excuse me, Richard Sherman, his his stud uh, cornerback, is tweeting out that Robert Salehi should leave their organization and be hired for another organization at the head coaching <laughs> position. That 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 to be fair with you, John, that just goes to show you uh, how highly regarded a guy like Robert Salehi is by his own teammates here. So you know, perhaps injecting some defensive wisdom into the Detroit Lions would do them well. And in terms of, of where I would like the organization to be, I would love the Detroit Lions organization to be an absolute powerhouse on defense. You know, kind of like the, uh, let's say, you know, uh, the, the Legion of Boom in, uh, in Seattle. Or what, what uh, uh, how can I put it, what uh, Baltimore has going on with their young linebackers and, and their shutdown corner yeah. in uh, Mar- Marlon Humphrey. Uh, I would prefer a, a knockdown, dragout defense over the offensive side of the ball uh, any day of the week. So, uh, if you're asking me, I, I've, I've talked for about 20 minutes now on uninter- <laughs> uninterrupted, John. I'm sorry for that. It's Robert Salehi, and it's not close for me. I gotcha. No, I, I love it. Look, I, I'm Chris has this way, and I'm just speaking to the listeners here. Chris has this way of kind of going through every single thought very thoroughly. And, and you know, I knew before I got on here that hey, I was just going to let you run because you're you're so good at, at kind of uh, putting a bow on it. I knew you were going to uh, you were going to get there. I loved everything you said. Uh, you mentioned two guys that we talked about heavily on this podcast, in and uh, Eric Bieniemy and uh, and Salehi. So. I will, I will, I'll, I'll kind of leave that alone because they've heard my thoughts on that. I loved what you said about Brian Dayball as a guy who, you know, he he was able to kind of take this young uh, Josh Allen and and uh, mold him. But really, my favorite part about Dayball are the stories you hear about him switching up his routine, switching things up mid season. I think that's a huge uh, that's a huge indicator that you have a successful head coach, somebody who's able to to uh, you know pivot from from their norm, uh, make changes during the season and you know it's somebody who doesn't wait till the second half to to make adjustment adjustments you know characteristics like that always seem to hold true to, to head coaches so dayball i do think uh, belongs to, as a head coach and then uh, yeah. and, and then you mentioned the uh, the titans uh, oc who i I'll be honest. I haven't heard a lot of uh, buzz about him, but I, I don't understand why. I mean, he's he's taken Ryan Tannehill to new heights. You know, we've never seen that before. Uh, he's he's really taken a meat potatoes offense that doesn't work for a lot of teams, and it really really works for the Dolphins or for, excuse me for the Titans. So I, I love that as well. I, I think Stafford's a great quarterback. I personally don't think you should move on from him. But let's say they they hire uh, your your number one pick. They they go they go to San Francisco. They grab their D coordinator. They make him a head coach what do they do with Stafford there's going to be uh, several coaches you know if they hire him like Robert Saleh I think they would keep Matthew Stafford if they hire Joe Brady I think they get rid of Stafford draft picks whatever you can get and then they draft a quarterback a young quarterback in 2021 my personal preference I would like to see how can I put this? Because uh, I've always enjoyed Matthew Stafford and it's, I know uh, it's just business, but I think it's, it's Matthew Stafford's time here uh, in Detroit has been fantastic. What you've given to the organization, what you and your wife has, have given to the community it is top notch. And you will always be remembered as, as one of, if not the greatest quarterback 
to ever play in Detroit. Yet you've won no playoff games. I believe off the top of my head, you're five and 32 against teams that are over 500, something along those lines. I think it would be best for the Lions and Matthew Stafford uh, if he were to move on elsewhere, try his hand at another organization. Maybe he could sniff the playoffs elsewhere. Maybe he could win a playoff game. Maybe he could play in an AFC or NFC championship game elsewhere, or God willing, win a Super Bowl elsewhere. Matthew Stafford is, is a top-notch human being. He has a great work ethic. He's, just, he's a great man. So uh, I wish nothing but the best for Matthew Stafford. And since you've asked me, Joe, I think it would be best for uh, Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions organization to move on. New head coach, new GM, new quarterback, and just go in a completely different direction. Just completely uh, clean this whole thing out and start from scratch. All right. Hey, I love it. So you're, you're saying, Lions fan here saying, clean house let's let's move on from everybody who's not young and ready to go right now and let's let's build up a, an entire entirely new you know or era of of lions football essentially you know if you if you look at stafford as a as an era because it's kind of hard to look at the coaches as an era um no offense yeah. um so no I, I love that let let me go because because you know this stafford thing it's going to be a question we're, we're going to have to go into my next question under two two visas so i'm going to go really really quick on on the quarterback you would want assuming you move on from Matthew Stafford, right? So this is not a guy that you're you're looking to groom. And if you're looking to groom, you have somebody who is not there for very long. It's not like a Matthew Stafford thing who has a long leash. You you have, you know, probably a guy who's probably going to be there for, you know, a Tyrod Taylor type. That's who you have. So in this scenario, you have a Tyrod Taylor type in, in uh, free agency. You're looking to draft a quarterback. Two quarterbacks are off the board. You can't take Trevor Lawrence and you can't take uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts uh, out, of, out of Iowa State. Who do you want? Uh, Justin Fields, you mean Jalen? Uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I'm thinking about the line. I'm thinking about the Eagles game last night. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Uh, no, that's absolutely fine. I, I think to be fair with you, I would want uh, Zach Wilson, BYU uh, BY, quarterback. I love that would, kid. Yeah, it would go to me. It would be Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, and then Florida's kid uh, Kyle Trask here. You know what? I, I think it would be Zach Wilson, and then and then Kyle Trask in that order for me. I think a kid like, um, like Zach Wilson, uh, he, he plays for a, a very under the radar, uh, college team. I mean, nothing's more under the radar than, uh, Trey Lance in North Dakota state, but, uh, BYU has a, uh, how can I put this? They have an air of, uh, these kids are high character kids. Uh, they're, they're hard work ethic. They're coached. Well, they, yeah. they, they listen to criticism well. They're not like all over the place. Like, let's say a kid like Kyle Trask who's in Florida, right? And yeah. it is like, what, what, like a top 10 uh, college sports town or uh, college sports city here. So uh, I think I'm going to side with, uh, as I said, Zach Wilson, BYU's quarterback. Zach Wilson, BYU. I love it. I, I love it. Again, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be high on him. You know, I, I'm a big draft guy, as you know, and, you know, the listeners yeah. uh, know very well that I, I do a whole thing. You know, my, my YouTube channel really thrives during the offseason when I get to look at college kids and, and, and you know, grade them and all that. So I, I love him. I, I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised if he's my number two quarterback. It's nobody's going to get ahead of Lawrence. Obviously, that's that's the number one pick, no matter who it is. Uh, but I would yeah. not be surprised at all if if he's my number two ahead of a lot of you know these these you know maybe higher profile names. So I love that name. Love that you yeah. said that. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears just a little bit. Assuming it's not a quarterback. Assuming let's say you keep Matthew Stafford. Uh, where where do you want to go in this draft? Let, let me give you, if you have some names, that's okay. If not, that that's also okay. Uh, I'm going to say you have the eighth pick, right? So so you're not getting the top tackle. Um, you're, you're not getting that top linebacker that's coming out. Other than that, you know, we don't really know how the board's going to fall. So we'll, we'll say eighth pick. Where, where do you want to go with that? Well, the eighth pick might be a little high for what for who I want here, but I think uh, a kid in Penn State, Mika Parsons, their yes. linebacker, uh, could be available in that spot. And then, especially in this draft, there are several uh, look to be stud cornerbacks here, like Caleb Farley uh, could definitely be there, uh, Virginia Tech's cornerback. At when we pick uh, J.C. Horn, South Carolina's uh, cornerback, so, could be there. He's been he's been compared to like Marlon Humphrey things of that nature. So imagine a case where 
uh, if you don't draft a quarterback, you grab like another stud cornerback and you pair him with Jeff Okuda and hope both kids can grow and learn together and that the outside of the field uh, can be shut down, right? Week yeah. in and week out for the Lions defense. And then that, that separates half the, uh, half the field here and you're able to focus on linebackers and like defensive, the defensive line here. I think that would help a team like the Lions where instead of needing every player on defense, they can hone in on just a certain, just like the linebacker position and uh, the defensive line position. And I think that would very much uh, help their, their growth as a defense. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Now, uh, that would mean you're taking a corner with a top 10 pick two years in a row. Are you are you comfortable Again, with yeah. that? Yeah, no, and, and that's that's totally okay. Look, you look at, you know, what the Dolphins are doing defensively, they're they're playing through their corners. You know, they have the two highest paid corners in the NFL right now, and, and they're playing through them. They're really good, and their defense is, is really good. And and a lot of the names in the middle, you know, their linebackers and, and defense alignment, they're kind of no-name guys. You know, beyond Van Noy, I, I doubt there's a lot of, you know, average fans that aren't Dolphins fans that really know any of those those uh, top end uh, players there. So, uh-huh. so that's a really great look. You also look at the, you know I think the Patriots is another team that comes to mind that plays through their corners. Uh, so you know like you you're I love that I love that uh, thought process. But you're you're definitely going defense. I've, I've heard you name a couple defensive players. Are you not worried about the offense at all? No, I'm 100 percent going defense. And I just want to mention Kyle Van Noy, the uh, Lions. Yeah. Uh, linebacker who they drafted and then they cut because he said they said he wasn't good enough and then oh look he's starting at middle linebacker in the Super Bowl for the Patriots so that just goes to show you the uh about the Lions organization who they deem good and who they deem bad here so yeah I'm I'm with you 100% I'm going defense uh early and often in this draft. And I love the idea. Go defense. And, you know, you mentioned it, and I was kind of thinking this while, while you were talking. It, it feels like, the, and correct me if you disagree, but it feels like Detroit should be a defense-first team, right? Like, that feels like in the same 100%. way the Steelers are. You know, like, that feels like, that just feels right. Like, the Detroit is is so, you know, hard-nosed and, and you know, known for that type of mentality. Why wouldn't they be, you know, a a, a threat on the defensive side of the ball? So, so I, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. And one, I'm I'm so sick and tired of being envious of other teams. So I want to bring up one more thing, and then I'm I'm going to let you go. Uh, I know we're going a lot longer. I told you ten to fifteen minutes, and now we're on we're on minute thirty four right now. So I I do apologize for for taking this long, but you know I love getting in depth in teams like this. Uh, yeah. You know I I'm a big draft guy, as I said. I study the draft in a way that I think is somewhat unique in the sense that like I want to look at what teams are doing. You know, every team's going to miss on a pick. So I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, grade a, a GM harsh for missing on the third round pick. Whatever. You know, that's going to happen. Everybody misses. It is what it is. That's that's part of football. The parts that I've had a problem with the Lions in in recent drafts is spending your your draft equity in the wrong places, right? And and one example comes to mind that just you know it's it just obvious the running back is so devalued. And when you when I look at the draft, I look at it as just a value system, right? Get the most right. value out of every single pick and spending two second round picks on a running back in three years. That that is that is a lack of value, you know. And I understand. Look, you, you missed on kills on, your team. Yeah, it does. It, you missed on Carryon Johnson. Out, it it hurts. It sucks. But at the end of the day, if you miss on Carryon Johnson, go get a running back in the seventh round that you won't miss on. I mean, you know, Miles Gaskin, the the stud for the Dolphins for a couple, he was a seventh round pick. I mean, there's a million examples. Would you rather have uh, Swift for a second round pick, or would you rather have Robinson, the undrafted free agent? Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand Swift's yeah. a great player and I, I'm not, that's nothing against uh, Swift. He deserved to be a second round running back. No, no doubt about it. But you just mentioned, you know, you guys could have gotten another corner in the second round. McKinney, you know, uh, you could have gotten Diggs that went to uh, the Cowboys, you know, somebody in, in that. Uh, it's just maximizing value. And that was something that, that was severely missed over the past couple of years. And, and regardless of hitting or missing on draft picks, it's going to happen. It is what it is. But I, I want to see the Lions step up in that regard, you know, and that's that I think is the most important 100%. part of the draft, you know. 100%. And aside from running back, look at all the, the linebackers they've drafted, and none of them have panned out. They've all been bummed. They, you- and it just, it makes it makes no sense. And when you, when you spend draft capital, as you put it, at the same position, draft after draft after draft, and none of them are hitting, it's just you're you're at a wasteland. It's like being in quicksand. You you sink down far enough, 
and then you get yourself up to your waist and then just to sink down again. So they're, they're just spinning their wheels. They've been in neutral for, you know, 10, 20 seasons here. So something needs to change in terms of, of their drafting when they drafted a wide receiver and with a top five pick, like 17 drafts in a row. Like it just that didn't make, doesn't make sense the way they've drafted and just need a, a complete and absolutely 100% no doubt change. Uh, from top to bottom here with this organization. All right, so this is what we're going to have to do, and I'm going to get you to commit to this now so you can't back out later. Uh, during the offseason, sure. at some point, I'm going to contact you and say, hey, we're talking lines this week. I'm going to need you to come on, and we're going to have to go, you know, uh, your your biggest wants, your biggest needs, everything you want for from the uh, free agency standpoint, and then you're gonna have to tell me, you know, the top. We, we talked first round a little bit. You're gonna have to give me in depth, you know, top three or four rounds. So I'm I'm telling you right now, you're gonna have home- homework. Well, I'm gonna bring you on again. Is that okay? Hundred percent. You can count on me having several pages of notes <laughs> and being. Uh, well informed and well advised. I know, I know, I can. You always do. All right, man. Hey, first of all, guys, if you if you haven't already, check us out every single Saturday for the uh, Just the Tips episode. If you're not available on Saturday afternoon to watch the live stream, you can always listen to the podcast and get some great nuggets. Don't listen to me. If you listen to me this week, you lost money because I got I got absolutely owned this week and in, in pretty much every bet that I made. Uh, but but Chris, like we said, a hundred and ten percent success rate on his uh, on his uh, uh, kicking. Uh, kicking pigs and that's that's a little bit in jest but for real for people that are listening uh chris comes up with some of the best props i mean just just awesome little things that you just wouldn't think of and and it's just an easy way to to make money i I feel like you know i every time he he makes a couple little points i'm like man he just made me 20 bucks like that was just that was easy you know (laughs) um so i I love his insight uh that's a great thing to check out every day uh you're uh, chris i'll let you uh i'll let you plug your twitter and everything else Where, where can they check you out Sure, you can find me uh, at Detroit BC. Uh, most of my work is uh, at DFSCheatSheet.com or at DFSCheatSheet1. And uh, bottom of the barrel, my, my DFS article, that's my bread and butter. Uh, depending on when you listen to this, it will be out uh, Tuesday, December 1st in the evening. So give that a, a my ball. Perfect. And this is coming out Wednesday. So, so that will be available when you're listening guys. Hey, Hey Chris, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go right back to, uh, between the pylons with me and Jacob. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. So that was, that was a great conversation. I, I really love Chris. Uh, he, his insight is awesome. He, uh, you know, he, he has some great thoughts. Uh, we are kind of uh, kindred spirits in a way, you know, he mentions being an only child. I'm an only child. He mentions being a fan of a team that constantly lets you down. I don't know what the, I know what that's like. <laughs> the lines uh, and dolphins, man. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of fun uh, talking to him. And as I said in the interview at the end, we are going to uh, bring him back for like the when we when we start talking about the full in-depth team conversation. Mm-hmm. What, what do they need to do in the draft? We're going to bring him back and I'll have you in there and we can kind of have a little bit of a roundtable on that. Uh, so let's let's shift gears. Let's yeah. go to the Chargers. All right. Uh, the the L.A. Chargers. I almost said San Diego. I got it. Um, this is a team that is not in need of a quarterback. There's no quarterback questions in my mind. Maybe maybe no. we're going to disagree no. there. There is no question marks at the quarterback position. They knew who they got. They got they got Justin Herbert. Take it away. Where are you at with so, this team? You know, you're scanning this team and you're looking at weaknesses overall. And they have a lot of guys. They have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. They are injury ridden a lot, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. And another thing. It's it's not even a roster thing at the end of the day. It's the guy running. It's the, the captain of the ship. It's the coach. It's Anthony Lynn. And it sucks to say you were a great motivator. I do think that your players are invested into some of the stuff that you're putting out. But at the end of the day, your play calling, the way that you have to just step on a team's throat and finish them off. I mean, what is it now? We, we've said it for over a year that the Chargers and their wins within seven points. At a certain point, it has to regress to the mean. We always say that. That's what every, every analyst out there will say, that if you have so many of games that fall out this way, there's going to be that many in the opposite in the future. We are still waiting, and we're going on two years where they're at 16 games decided by seven or less, and that's them yeah. losing the games. Yeah. That's where they're at. They have a great a great roster. I really like the receivers. Their offensive line is good. It can get better, of course, but you know, no team out there can have everything in a top five line to go with it. They need some more interior defensive line pressure. They've missed a lot on picks in the draft at that, but that's being nitpicky overall because they have good linebackers. 
They have one of the best secondaries out there. I really like their secondary a lot. Derwin's hurt. He's not there, but add him back into it. And that's one of the reasons why it's the best out there. Kenneth Murray, fast, awesome linebacker. Herbert looks like a slam dunk. Slam dunk. Austin Eckler, you paid him. You got him wrapped up. Very, very serviceable running back. Great running. Yeah. Where do you go? Yeah. Listen, I I absolutely agree. Uh, I I think this season proves that Anthony Lynn, Lynn, sorry, Lynn, needs to go. Uh, They need to move on from him. Look, and I love the dude. Uh, At Hard Knocks, I remember watching, I remember calling you about him. I'm like, man, this this Anthony Lynn coach, like, I didn't know him as a person. And and just kind of watching a little bit of Hard Knocks, you got to know. Love, love the personality, love, love the grind. But I remember this past offseason talking about how he's a, he's a little bit too old, old to hat. He's a little bit too conventional. I want to run the ball, play defense, and I'm not willing to to move off of my ideals of, of how I want to coach a football team. And listen, man, if it works, it works. It works for the Titans. You know, it works yeah. for some teams. But if it doesn't work, you have to change. And that's just the end of the day. Like the NFL evolves too quickly. We watch it. We we watch it week by week. The the NFL evolves. And 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 the Chargers are not evolving with it. You mentioned the uh, the the team, the roster, and I absolutely agree. Uh, I I actually want to go back because I, I think they should clean house. I really do. I think Tom um, Telesco, like he he's hit on some picks, but he has missed on a lot of mid round picks uh, that I really feel you know at a certain point he's been there for a while. I, I I say you clean house with the with you get a new head coach, get a new GM. I I personally just believe in that in general. Like yeah. if you replace that coach, replace a GM, and get guys you believe in. So that's just me. Uh, I look at this past draft, and look, I I'm never gonna judge. Oh, you missed on this this uh, player one time. That is what it is. Uh, but but for draft value, you know, I I know you kind of gave me shit because I I had a serious problem with the the Kenneth Murray trade up. Uh, team yeah, that, I like Kenneth uh, Murray. Yeah, and look, I like Kenneth Murray too, and I really do. And my problem was not with the player Kenneth Murray. My problem was you're trading up to get a player who who is very similar to a Patrick Queen. Both both similar players. Patrick Queen right now is better. I will say and that. someone you don't have to move for. Exactly. That, Patrick better. Queen ends up falling to the end of the first round. You gave up too many assets to move up, and you got your guy. That's fine. Uh, but when you're when you're drafting in the NFL, if, unless you're a team that just can't that just needs one pick. I think that's a mistake. That's just me. That's my that's my opinion. That is my draft nerd hat being on. I uh, didn't like the Joshua Kelly pick, you know, in the fourth round. That was pretty much it. After that, yeah, fifth and sixth rounders never going to talk about that. You know, that just is what it is if they hit the hit. Um, but you know, you have you have a young talent. I, I liked what you said about the offensive line. You can always go offensive line, but yeah, you they, know, they, it's they, not terrible. That's, that's probably where they'll go in this draft. Yeah, because all the other stuff is. They they have too good of a roster to be four and seven. Yes. And right now, you know, you you have a team. You have Anthony Lynn. Who are you? Can you not scout running backs? You're an ex running back. You can't scout running backs because uh, look, and I'm not going to see my own. Uh, no, I love Eckler. Uh, I love Eckler. He didn't bring an Eckler. No, I know. I'm, just I'm saying. saying I'm saying beyond that, Eckler oh, goes down. Josh, Ke- Josh e- Kelly isn't Eckler. Yeah. Eckler goes down. Joshua Kelly is a bust. I mean, I'm sorry, he is. And like that's unfair to say after 12 weeks in the NFL. But he had a golden opportunity. A golden goose was laid in his lap. He's not that good. And, and they brought on Kalen Balaj. Kalen, yeah. Now Kalen Balaj, you get off the street, and he's he's playing pretty okay. But it's like I don't know. I just I, I have a serious issue with like. That's supposed to be your like. If Kyle Shanahan couldn't pick out wide receivers, I would have an issue with that. Yeah, you know. But I mean, he he's hit on some wide receivers. Like I, I don't know. I just I, that's just a little thing. Whatever. Maybe I'm just being too biased. Like I maybe I just got lucky with the Joshua Kelly take that I had in the offseason, and I'm just I'm I'm punishing him for that. Moving forward, moving forward, this team is very bright. This this could easily be the team that flips it and is great next year. Right, like seriously, I, I it would not surprise me if they they had a deep playoff run next year. They have all the pieces. I do think they need a new head coach. I think they need a new mindset more than anything. But seventy five million in projected cap space, you can do a lot. They're with gonna that. they're gonna have tons of room to make the moves and yeah. and shore up those areas that, where they really like some of the big names that might be out there this yeah. off season. And yeah, like you said with Anthony Lynn, it's not so much as I'm against Anthony Lynn. He is a great offensive mind, yeah. a, a great NFL mind when it comes to the coaching game and the way to do it. It is just such a bad taste in your mouth now to this this mindset that when you're up 14, you're like, let's run the ball. Shit, are we going to lose it now? Yeah. That 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 shouldn't even be close to a yeah. realm of Especially if you're in the end, of, like, you're starting the fourth quarter up 14. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to run the ball. Okay, well, no, your running backs are very good. You, you can't really run the ball unless you have Austin Eckler It was Eckler a few in. weeks ago when they played the Broncos and they were winning by, I think it was, they were up by 20 or something yeah. like that. And it just so happened in that pod before that game was played, I said the exact same thing, how watch them go up by a lot. And they're the you only team, that. them and the Falcons, they're the only teams out there where when they're winning by this much, you're almost worried. You would rather than be down 
instead of be up going you, into the fourth. You, you that's just feel, where you're at. That's crazy to think. You feel not, more yeah. comfortable down seven than up 14 in exactly. the fourth quarter. I it's mean, just you, because this mindset, they beat themselves, yeah. they play to to win, which is playing to lose because they're they're just running the clock out. Mm-hmm. They're just barely grinding it by. Listen, I, I look, we're, we're 12 weeks in. I trust Justin Herbert to go down and get a, a, a game winning touchdown more than I do to to than more than I trust your run game to run out a quarter and a half. I just don't. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. It's a mindset thing. They it's take their ultimately foot off the gas and by then it's too little too late. And then whenever the team has to get back going like, oh, shit, we, yeah. we're, we may lose. It's too late. Everyone's cooled off. Listen, then. and you you talked about it when you first started talking about this. I'm I'm going to reinforce it just just real quick. This was a team that we talked about in the off season as being a team like, hey, they they lost a lot of close games last yeah. year. Hey, that you know that usually reverts to the mean, and I I stand by that stat. I will talk about that stat every off season until nobody wants to listen to me, and I'm just talking to myself. I'll still talk about that stat. Um, but it's a it's a tried and true formula throughout the NFL that that shit comes back to the mean. But when it doesn't. There's a problem. Yeah, like there's a serious been. problem. So that means that we're at a new standard to where when this this is something we need to look at as maybe this is a new era where this is the new standard and then it will only get worse from there or something. This is where we're at. Yeah. It sucks. No, I, I absolutely agree. Let's let's switch gears a little bit. Let's see what are we thinking for a draft pick, right? First round, they're gonna be like a top ten pick. Where do you want to go first round? Uh, offensive or defensive line. And if you go defensive line, I really want it to be interior defensive line. Okay. It, it, I don't know that there's any big names yet. I mean, maybe, maybe a quit pain. Yeah. The guy uh, out of Michigan, Michigan state, really I can't say his name. Keep KP. I don't know. Um, Quitty, I think whatever his yeah, name he's, is. And he's, he's solid. Yeah. You could do it with uh Gregory Russo off the edge, but you don't really need that because you, you have, don't need edge help. Yeah, no. Exactly. You don't need edge help. If you go offensive lineman, look for a guy like Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Yeah. He's one of those guys who might fall down just a little bit. Yeah. And there's some rumors out there because Chargers are picking pretty high right now, right? I mean, yeah, they're they're yeah, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. So They'll be Dan- top ten. Daniel for sure. Jeremiah came out with his offensive line picks pretty mm-hmm. much. And I, as well as many others, have just just ranting and raving about Panay Sewell, yeah. the guy out of Oregon. Yeah. He is his third offensive lineman. Really? It is shocking. Wow. I didn't it, see it that. It is shocking. Daniel Jeremiah will go back to this past season. Mackay Becton was his number one. Mackay Becton is a really good offensive lineman right now. He's playing. Yeah, it's he's him playing and great. Tristan Wirfs is the two really good hits out of all of that. Yeah. You know, and Dan Jeremiah, he hit on those. Yeah. So people are starting to say, well, why is Panay, you know, what's the deal? But yeah. so our, for me, Panay is a surefire hit. If the Chargers, if, you know, it's a match made in heaven, he's not going to be there in my opinion. Yeah. So you're going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, they could start to replace corner because I have seen some PFF numbers talking about because how fast corners go from a rise and fall. Oh, yeah. Once you hit yeah, that certain sure. age, yeah. they start to go down. So it might be time to replace some of those older guys in there, but yeah. we'll see. No, I, I absolutely agree. You know, I, I'm not, I can't think of the top of my head where their, where their PFF numbers are, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I think it was Casey Hayward was struggling. Casey, yeah, and he's older. So, yeah. so he's, you're going to have to replace him pretty soon. Makes sense, man. I, I absolutely agree. Anywhere else you want to go here? It's, uh, it's, anything? Very, it's very, very bright with Herbert. Yeah. It's very, very bright. So let's do this because real quick, we have about like another five minutes allotted for this team. Um, what what do you think about if they make a change at quarterback? Because I'm ready. I, we both agree they need to move Herbert's on. The guy. They need to move on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, I'm saying not quarterback. Co- coach. coach. I'm sorry. Did I say co- quarterback? Yeah. Where do they need to go from coach? Looking, coach. At a, looking at a coach, I would get a guy who is tapped in the offensive side of the ball, is tapped yeah. into airing it out more with the way that this team is equipped. Mm-hmm. I would, it, it would be perfect to get a young guy in there who could really just tap into Herbert Eric and, and blow, yeah, Eric Bieniemy. I, I think a that's perfect the offensive mind. See, Bieniemy is going to be the guy going everywhere, though. He's going to. He's the I one, get that. I he's get the that. one who should go to the Jets and and have Trevor Lawrence future. He's yeah, one, I get because that. no matter which guy he gets, what, I, I trust him. Let, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you three names. Right. All right. So what about Joe Brady? OC and just for everybody that doesn't know Joe Brady, he he is currently the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. I know that doesn't sound good. He was also the offensive coordinator for the LS, LSU uh, Tigers last year when they went to uh, they when they won everything. Uh, Joe Brady is a hot name right now. I, I look. I think it. I, me personally, wait a year. I think Joe Brady should get another year of OC before he gets the head coaching job. But that's not how things work in the NFL. I mean, Zach Taylor has a job right now, so so people yeah. would rather be early than late on guys. What about Joe Brady? Uh, Bienemy's above him. Eric yeah. Bienemy should be the number one candidate. Well, yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I think Joe we Brady, Joe Brady would be successful, though. I like that a lot. 
it might be too soon though. You think it's That's too soon for Okay, so we're on the same page there. Uh, what about this? And this is actually something Chris said, and, and I'm kind of kind of steal this from him. Uh, we had the conversation earlier today, and he mentioned the Titans OC, the Titans uh, offensive coordinator. I'm, yeah, I'm blanking uh, on the name right now. Uh, uh, Arthur Arthur something. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't think of it. Yeah. Offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. Yeah, I lost his name. I'm sorry about that. Either way, Arthur Smith done a really good job yeah, with the he, Titans. He has. Uh, you know, he's been there for a couple years now. And, and look, uh, he's a young dude, 38 years old. That'd be same a shame. kind of story. That'd be a shame for the uh, the Titans to miss out on him, though. It would be, but that's going to happen. I mean, that's going to happen. And look, the Titans, the Titans lost a little floor uh, two years ago, or you know, last mm-hmm. off season. So Arthur Smith steps in, is doing a great job. You know, uh, Titans could end up becoming an, a, a head coach factory pretty soon if if that becomes the case. It's a good bad thing when you're looking at it from the Titans stance. Yeah, yeah Arthur Smith. I mean. Your job is, you know, you step up at coordinator, and then when you get your big gig, you shoot your shot. And yeah. the Chargers have all the weapons necessary to where he'd be able to succeed there. He'd be able to do it. Yeah, I think he'd be really good. He'd bring that, uh, that you know, that uh, that run pass option kind of thing for yeah. for uh, for Herbert. I think that'd be great. One more defensive uh, defensive guy. Uh, the Forty uh, Niners uh, defensive coordinator of uh, Sala. Sala. Yeah, I always yeah. lose his name. Sala. Sala. He. Man, he, he's good. He he really. He wouldn't is. have to go far. <laughs> no, he, he wouldn't have to go far at all. Um, I think all of those names are really, really. I, I think Kyle Shanahan would keep him in the system though with the 49ers. Oh, he's gonna go soon. I, I think he Dude. will be head coach this year. I believe that. Really? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I think with the, Kyle Shanahan's gonna have to have sit down and talk with him then because he's really he's that good of a defensive coordinator. Yeah, exactly. That's why he's gonna. Get I, head I coach get it. Him. I get it as he should, but. I, I think you need more of a guy. You want OC with, offensive with minded. Yes. yes. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, just some some names to think about. I I hope they move on from uh, from Lynn. We'll see what happens. Let's move on to our last name. The last the last team we're closing the book on, and really, books have already been closed on them a couple weeks ago. But we were we were doing a different yeah, we segment. Doing the, uh, the yeah, the notes. AFC NFC. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are closing the book. It's over. Um, and there's so much to get to with, with this particular team. And, you know, we, I mentioned Zach Taylor. Do you, let's, because everyone knows the injury. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Do you move on from Zach Taylor? No. No. So do you, you believe in him or, or you think one more year? Where are you at with Zach Taylor? So it's, it's hard to say where I'm at with him. I don't know if he is the guy. I know that he, isn't not the guy if that makes sense. Like he, <laughs> he he hasn't shown me anything to where it's like oh that's bad get him out of there. Gotcha. Now, it's and not I that, get that it's not that level of anything. I think you're looking at this team as this was Burrow and Burrow showed a lot of success. He showed, he showed a lot of promise and was offensive rookie of the year. Surefire hit and then of course that unfortunate injury happened. Yeah, you would like to see in the time since, but I mean this past week's game wasn't that atrocious compared to what I thought it would be. No, it wasn't. Um, so yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you've seen enough to get him out of there. I get that. I, I I'm gonna go against you a little bit. And look, I I think there's gonna be less firings this year than most years. And I don't think Zach Taylor Taylor gets fired. So I'm not predicting it. And I don't think we should go into who should they hire. I don't think it's that level. I do think they should move on from Zach Taylor. It was not a good hire to begin with. I, I will say that. And I have heard some rumors and nothing has been confirmed, but I've heard some rumors that the players do not believe in the system, Okay. the system itself. Uh, now you never know what that is. Like that's just some kind of Twitter thing. That could be nothing. could be something who knows. Uh, but if it's out there, it's out there. Uh, I think Mike Brown is probably one of the worst owners in, in the NFL. I feel bad for, for, uh, for uh, Cincinnati fans. I, I do i just it is what it is but mike brown has has never taken this team seriously mike brown is he's a he's a jerry a jerry without the talent yeah the eye for the talent yeah i think i think he's more yeah he wants to be general manager he wants to he's too involved but way too involved jerry jones you have the eye for talent you have the ability to at least find it and scout it he doesn't he doesn't doesn't. really know football that much and and really i'm gonna be honest he's more worried about the concession sales than he is about the product on the field i believe that's that's not succeeding yeah exactly so so it just is what it is i don't want to i don't want to harp on that what what is the future of the cincinnati Bengals? right right it's, it's bright you have joe burrow yeah i think you've hit a franchise guy and we just finished talking about the chargers both of them have found franchise guys and you cannot put a price on that in today's nfl these are guys that you can constantly build around as long as you're able to keep them happy and build around them and show that you're willing to work with them and piece it together 
yeah, I see no reason as to why the Bengals shouldn't improve going forward. They've spent a lot of money on their defense. They got a lot of they got a lot of Vikings, believe it or not. <laughs> Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander to bolster up their secondary. Um, defensive line, you know, it's it's there. They got Carl Lawson. They have yeah. what's left of Geno Atkins for whatever that time <laughs> being. He's he's older, but we'll see. Yeah. A lot of places to fill up, but the offense is looking good. You're probably gonna go O line with your first overall pick, is what you should do. And your main reason for doing that is look at why your quarterback's hurt. No, and, and it's it's so sad. And it, I, the just, future is promising, though. If Burrow is able to come back, and in today's day and age, ACL injuries aren't, and he he damaged more than just the ACL, but it's not as damning as it used to be. So I say, why not? Yeah, and look, I, I get that. I I, I look at, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where T. to go Higgins with this. T. Higgins is a hit. T. Higgins is a hit. They got him in the you second can, round. You can let AJ Green go now. Logan, Logan Wilson, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think my biggest issue with the Bengals drafting is the fact that they don't want to make any moves. They never do. They may never make any draft day moves. They never try to, to advance the amount of value that they have in their draft picks. Uh, that's just, again, putting my draft nerd hat on for a second. And I, that's just a minor, um, you know, Chromagy yeah. issue that I have, whatever. I, I, my bigger question, I guess, and it's not even it's not even Bengals. It's this rumor, is this thought, this theory that maybe Joe Burrow says, "Hey, I'm not playing 2021." They sit out for an entire 2021 season. He's not going to be available until midway through the season at best. You know, this is going to be a year long, nine, nine months to 12 month uh, injury recovery yeah. time. Does he say, "Hey, I'm going to take this year to get fully healthy and come back in 2022"? Um. At, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Bengals are not competing next year. Yeah. So if that if that answers it for you, so, so no, I, let's let's do this. What one? What will he do? Because I think we agree on this. Yeah, I, he's a competitor. Man. Yeah, he's, he's not he going to win. Should I think, he? I think he's going to blow the expectations of this injury out of the water too, and he's going to be good to go before you know it. Yeah. So that's just the type of guy that he is, and yeah. all the people have reached out and said they're willing to help him. Deshaun Watson being one of them, I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. Said they're willing to help him with anything he can get going forward, how to deal with this injury. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna get out there. Technically, no, but there's a lot. Do it or, or technically, no, he shouldn't come back. But then again, there's a lot of technicallys out there mm-hmm. that go into the fact that it's just not a realistic possibility. Technically, Trevor Lawrence should not go to the Jets. Technically, Joe Burrow shouldn't have started playing for the Bengals this year because of the way their offensive line was. They're in shambles. Look at where he's at right now. His his career's yeah. technically in jeopardy because of the knee. So there's a lot of technicalities you can propose after the fact, and it's like, yeah, I mean. What was he like? If I ask you that question based off of the logic, were they going to win anything this year? No, we knew that. So why play if you knew that you were going to risk it? You know, that's the whole hey, game of football. You I think, I think that's I, I think that's an excellent point. I, I don't think you, I definitely could not have said it any better. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. You put that to you put that to rest. I yeah, absolutely I mean, agree. He's going to get out there. Um, uh, let's. Uh, where do I want to go with this? All right. So so I think we both agree this this offense is good, right? Yeah. Like, it, at least it can be. Fix. It can be. Okay, fix the offensive line. We agree on that. Uh, Going to have about $54 million in, in draft or in uh, in cap space. So you can probably go out and get another offensive lineman to pair with your first-round pick who will be an offensive lineman, almost certainly should be anyway. Um, and then you, you— And then you draft offensive line in this year's draft. It, yeah, exactly. But I was going to say, so you get first-round offensive linemen. You, uh, you already have your wide receivers, right? Boyd is awesome. T. Higgins is a hit. A.J. Green, he's going to be out there on the field. You, you've actually have a pretty good roster of, of young players. You don't need to go wide receiver this year, I don't think. Joe Mixon, still really good. Uh, Giovanni Bernard uh, can fill in when Joe Mixon's hurt, so that works. Go to the defensive side of the field, and it's not as pretty, right? Obviously, no. uh, you, you need help pretty much everywhere. A part of it is the fact that most of their, their entire defense was hurt this year. Like yes. nobody talks about it because they weren't going to be good anyway. But almost all of the guys they got in free agency, all of your Vikings, got hey, hey, if they stayed on the Vikings, you wouldn't have gotten them anyway. Yeah, because exactly. they're all hurt. I all mean, it's ridiculous. All of them essentially. Where do you go? Second, third round. You know, impact players. What do you? What do you want? What do we need and for heavy, this team? And they tried to do that this year, uh, heavy in the linebacking department, which is why they're probably not. You can't really do that two years in a row yeah. because they targeted three in this year's. So you got to kind of see where they go with the whole class. Yeah. Um, they went. They went to the MAC for linebackers too, which was weird. Like they, they did. They, they <laughs> went took a to shot Wyoming and, <laughs> and you know we'll see if he if he's it. Yeah, they yeah. went. It was yeah three linebackers. I was right. Yeah. So um, probably going to be corner, but I mean you spent so much money on that free agency, you got to let your guys get healthy and see where you're going at on yeah. that. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking a you know a second second or third round pick on a corner. I don't I don't think that would be anything wrong. First so ra- defense, we agree, right? First round offensive, offensive line. line and shit. Go first round. Go second round offensive line. Go third round offensive line. You draft an entire new line. 
go only offensive line. Like, I mean, honestly. It, it's one of the things that I think <laughs> if you're Joe Burrow, you want to see because he heard so many horror stories about, you yeah. know, Carson Palmer telling him, man, this team, uh, I was there for my the entirety of my career for the most part, the the good part of my career. Yeah. And they just refused to invest the time. They, they He was like, they'd give me pieces here and there. But it's like, why not just go all out and give me a window? Yeah. Why not? You know, it, it sucks to say, but eventually for Joe Burrow, there's going to be a window where you have, you got to make your shot. And when you do it, you got, why, why half-ass do it? Yeah, look, this is this is the exact conversation. This is the exact reason we said, "Hey, Joe Burrow." Like this offseason, we both yeah. agreed, and I was a fan, so I I was biased. But I, Joe Burrow, say you're not going to play with Cincinnati. Dolphins have all the capital in the world. Make the Dolph or force the hand for Cincinnati to make a trade with the Dolphins and let the Dolphins go up and get you because they wanted it. It is it's a fact. They wanted it. They're probably happy with Tua. It's fine. Everything's good. But they wanted Burrow bad, and and they were trying to make a move. Couldn't get it done. But I mean, if if Burrow would have pushed, he probably could have gotten that done. And it's, it's one of those listen, things where I said technically, yeah, it's it all sucks technicalities because but, you have these these franchises that are just not well run. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to get better. And there's there's a handful of them out there, and they're the the ones historically who just have found ways to have good quarterbacks mainly yeah. and not win. The Lions pop up. My I was going to say, yeah, we we actually talked about that with Chris, and I'm not sure if I'm going to leave that in or not. Uh, you know, obviously in the full version, you'll you'll hear it all. But yeah, we we talked about that about how you know the Lions just every couple of years it's it's the same story. It's a cyclical thing. And with the Bengals, you know, I think I even when we talked about, that, I said you know the Bengals are another team like that. It's it's similar in the sense that it is just they're sick. They're just bad always. It yeah. seems like you know they had a couple of good years there where they had an awesome awesome team, like a, one of the best rosters in the league. And you know they got bounced out of the playoffs pretty early, so just it came, nothing really came of it. Uh, but you know Bengals they stuck with their last coach for years. I mean, right? Like what was of uh, they they Marvin stuck with Lewis. Marvin Lewis for for ten years, or twelve for, years, something well, like that. Well, longer than what they probably should have. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right there. Yeah, but you know I. I can't going back to Zach Taylor, man. I, I just don't know if it's the guy that you can't really justify getting rid of him yet. No, no, for, I, I do for agree. a B enemy or for any of the top tier, like top cheese coaches. Yeah, you could do that. But I mean, anything else. And it's like, why make a lateral move at best? Yeah. I mean, he was, I was just looked it up. He was there for 15 years with Cincinnati from 2003 to 2018. I, I get that. I, I do. And look, if the Bengals move on from Zach Taylor, you're not getting any of the top coaching options. Joe Joe Brady will hold out for a better job. Arthur Smith will hold out for a better job. These young guys, like honestly, Zach Taylor probably should have held out for a better job. But Zach Taylor saw his chance and he took it. But I mean, you know, the, these guys that feel like they're on the right track to, you know, a great coaching gig, look what look what Kyle Shanahan did. Kyle Shanahan waited. He probably he could have gotten a coaching job earlier. He waited, waited for the right gig. Uh, proved his proved his stuff, and then you know when the 49ers come and knocking, they you know great franchise with great history. Yeah. Okay, I believe in it, and in a great deal too. That's I mean, all he takes. pretty much got everything he wanted out of the deal. All right, are you good? Anywhere you want to go with the Bengals? No. Take right. care, bro. Take care, bro. All right, guys, that is it. We just closed the book on the Chargers. We closed the book on the Panthers. We closed the book on the Cincinnati Bengals, and we closed the book on the Lions. A uh, great episode. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, a little bit of a deep dive into some of these teams that nobody's talking about right now, which is always, always fun. Um, right, and like I said, I've, I've talked about it a couple of times. You can go check out the full conversation with the Lions. We did like 35 minutes on the Lions. Uh, next week, we're going to have a great show for you guys today. We are not doing our picks this week. Uh, we are going to post them in the uh, description, though. All right. So you can get our full picks. We will have our locks, everything like that. We made the picks. We're just not going to talk about them. Because honestly, uh, it, it would be a disservice to you because essentially you should just do the opposite. We've had a bad run. It's been a bad, it's been a bad few weeks. <laughs> it has. Uh, we will come back with picks next week and, yeah. and we'll, uh, we're getting to that point where we need to figure out because I haven't been keeping track. We got a rebound. Yeah, we need to rebound and we need to figure out who is winning in our picks week to week. Like Fact. who... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, one of us gets to punch the other one in the nuts. So, like, yeah, dude, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Please, uh, you know, uh, press the little bell button do all the things on the um, on the podcast front uh, subscribe to every video like it leave a comment all that good stuff we really appreciate it peace out guys seven